This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Linda. Hi, I'm Jen. Hey, Linda, I have a question. What do you think about ugly food? Ooh, ugly food. You mean the stuff at the back of my fridge? (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually mean when you're in the grocery store or the market or wherever you are and you're trying to choose that perfect yam or that perfect, I don't know, piece of broccoli or whatever it is that you like to eat. And how long do you take to pick through it? Hmm. It's a good question. If a carrot has two legs as opposed to the the typical one or a turnip has got a little sort of bump on it, I don't worry. I guess I just look for things that haven't been bouncing around in a truck for too long. (laughs) Do you know that there is a whole organizational system that has been built up around trying to save ugly food because companies waste so much food because we are so used to perfection Mm -hmm. and because we are so used to having that perfect shaped whatever or unblemished whatever a lot of the stores don't even put out the ugly food and it gets thrown out when you think of the carbon that it takes to get the stuff to us in the first place and then a lot of it is just dumped and then there are people hungry it is. It doesn't make any sense, does it? No. And I think I saw a, there was a market in France somewhere where they were specifically promoting the ugly fruit or ugly vegetables. And people were looking at it going, yeah, that makes total sense. And and it was actually really successful. Yeah. And I heard about a some an organization, I don't remember the name of it, but that it's like the boxes that you can order where all the food, like the community-supported agriculture, where you get the box every week, but you can get a box of ugly food and pay a little bit less for it, which is one way to keep it out of the landfill and to feed more people. But there are also all sorts of volunteer organizations that are going around and saving this food and then taking it to places where they can cook it up and turn it into things to, to feed people, which I think is so much better. I can't imagine how much they're throwing out and what a waste that is by the time you've driven it somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wonder what we can do about this issue, <laughs> about not having people throw it out. And I wonder what we can do individually. I wonder if it's advocating directly to the local grocery stores and saying, is there a way for you to create an area to allow us to, in the same way that you see in some grocery stores where they have the stuff that's about to go off and they unfortunately they wrap it in plastic but to actually do a promotion and make it an appealing thing to consumers because we just forget about this stuff it's invisible we just don't see the option to say look this carrot with two legs is just as tasty you get two for one with this (laughs) ugly carrot as opposed to having them to all be perfect and having had carrots in my own garden. I know that, you know, it's a thing and it never stopped me from eating it from my own garden. So why would it stop me from buying it in the store? Sometimes they're funny. They're funny looking when they come out (laughs) and it's more interesting and amusing, I think too. Yeah. Yeah, So I wonder if we can ask people to think about why are we striving so much for the perfect and how can we put that aside and just use things so they don't get wasted? I wonder Mm -hmm. if we can ask people to think about that the next time they're at the store. 
Great. Definitely. Thanks for talking about this. I think I'm going to make some yam fries for lunch. How about you? Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's great. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Linda. Hi, I'm Rob from Birmingham in the UK. I recently listened to the Carbon Sessions podcast on leaf blowers and was staggered by the carbon footprint that the petrol-driven variety cause. Each year as autumn arrives, I see people on our street blowing leaves off their properties and either into the street where cars fly through them, scattering them ever further away, or sometimes they are blown onto the next-door neighbour's property, only for them to get their leaf blower out and blow them back again. Some people blow them into big piles and bag them up to be taken away. Others blow them into big piles and have their dog jump into them while being videoed. Apart from that idea, it all seems like a lot of pointless work. There must be an average for the carbon cost for each leaf to be blown back and forth and taken away. We have a lot of deciduous trees around our house, so there is a yearly fall of leaves. I usually wait just until there's a dry patch during winter and then mow them off the lawn and tip them into our borders and they just mulch down. I've done it for 20 years and haven't had the need to use a leaf blower, let alone buy one and fill it with petrol. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again, as together we can change the world.